We're going to change things just a little bit, so don't freak out on me. Some people don't do change so well. They start like a baby and crying and kicking and screaming when you change them. But we're going to change things just a minute. Don't freak out on me and say, you forgot to dismiss the kids. You forgot the prayer. We're just doing things a little different this morning, so you've been forewarned. But I want to go ahead and get to our message this morning, and then at some point in the message, I'm going to dismiss our kids to go to Children's Church. And I believe you're going to pick up what I'm laying down here in just a minute. Uh, If you'll go to Deuteronomy chapter 5, we're going back to the Old Testament this morning. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 5, the fifth book of the Bible, uh, ought to be easy easy for you to find. Today we're continuing this kind of end of summer series that we started a few weeks back. We're calling Give Me a Break. And so kind of the reasoning behind and what we're doing here is summer is a time in a lot of people's lives where they like to travel, they like to take vacations, they like to find uh, uh, places and situations where they can rest, where they can relax, they can have a good time, they can just kind of get re-energized about life. Uh, and a lot of people do that during, during the summertime. And, and so what we're learning in this series is that, you know, we really don't have to take a trip. We really don't have to travel somewhere. We don't have to, you know, spend any money to, to be able to, to find some of these things, this refreshment, uh, you know, this renewal uh, in our lives, especially our spiritual lives. We can find rest and we can find renewal right here today, right where we're at. No matter, you know, how far we, we may drive or anything else, we can find uh, rest and renewal right here living within These guidelines that God has given us, these boundaries we've been talking about, these property lines that God's laid out for us as followers of Jesus to live uh, within. And and so in this series, we're looking at uh, some of the Ten Commandments of the Bible. Now, I'll just tell you, going into this, when I was beginning to think and prepare and study about what we were going to be doing going into school starting back... And, and looking at the Ten Commandments and wanting to do kind of a series from the Ten Commandments, I'll be perfectly honest with you, there's a lot of pressure in that because people have been preaching on the Ten Commandments for the last 3,000 years, okay? So there's not just a whole lot you can add to uh, from it, but, but you know, I, I kind of take that as a challenge and start studying and listening to other people that preach sermons and trying to think, you know, how can we, how can we take this and maybe look at it in a fresh way, in a new way, uh, and, and get renewed in and through this? Because the Ten Commandments... If you think about it, they have withstood the test of time, have they not? I mean, the Ten Commandments have shaped societies. They have shaped governments and basically provided the moral fabric for the entire world for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So they've withstood the test of time. They're so very important. And we've been focusing on the fact that when it comes to the Ten Commandments, right, that the best way to look at them, I believe, in my opinion, is not to look at the Ten Commandments as something that we have to do. You know, some rules that we got to follow and that we've got to check off and somehow, you know, do it in order to earn God's love. Because here's the deal. We already have God's love, right? 
We already have his love. God has already loved us. We talked about in our Bible study Wednesday night. And I know some of you work and you're tired and you can't get here on Wednesday nights. But I'm going to just tell you, it's some of my favorite time uh, getting together with church as we study in a little more detail about God's word. But we talked about Wednesday night, how God chose us. And that's something really special to think about because I know some of you and it's amazing to me that God chose you actually. And, and so, and, and some of you go, well, I know you you, you know, I went to school with you, Tina, no stories back there, okay? But, uh, you know, you probably would say, I'm surprised God chose you, but God chose us. He already loved us, and he's already extended grace. He's already extended mercy uh, to each and every one of us. We don't have to earn that. Aren't you glad? Right? We don't, we don't have to earn that. But instead, we're looking at these commandments, these guidelines, more from the standpoint, and here's what I really want us to, to focus on and emphasize, is the Ten Commandments aren't something we have to do. The Ten Commandments are something that we get to do. Right? There's something that we get to uh, follow. And, and so we respond to God's love because he's already extended his love, his mercy, and his grace, and all these things to us. So we respond to that by giving our love back to him through obedience of living within these parameters, living within these guidelines, staying within the property lines that he's laid out for us to live in. Right? And so we don't obey to earn his out salvation. We obey to live in his blessings, right? That's what he wants for us is a, a great life. He wants us to have an abundant life. He wants us to have joy and peace and happiness. And as we live within these boundaries and these guidelines that he's given us, that's what he wants for us. And so he's saying, listen, if you'll just do this, you'll have the best. If you'll just do this, you'll have the kind of life that I want you to have and intend you to have. And so today, the commandment that we're looking at, and some of you are going to be so glad that you came here today. For those of you that didn't come last week, you look exhausted. For those of you that were here last week, you look very well rested. And so uh, if you're exhausted here today, uh, you might want to go back and listen to the podcast of last Sunday's sermon or go online to listen to that. But today, the commandment that we're going to be looking at today speaks to honoring our father and our mother, okay? Now you know why I'm keeping the kids in here for just a little while, right? How many of you here today are parents? How many parents do we have in here? A few. Some of you aren't even sure. You don't know. Uh, that concerns me greatly that you have children. Uh, but for those of you that are parents, I'm going to say, I'm just going to kind of go out on a limb here and say that this is probably your favorite commandment out of all of them, Right? The one that says, honor your father and your mother. You're excited your family is here today. You've already elbowed your children, said pay attention, you know. Uh, and, and so some of you are, 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 are really interested in this because your children really need to hear it. Because we all know, if our kids would just follow this one commandment, our lives would be so much better, right? If our kids would just, just do this one, you know, right now, our, our lives and our families uh, would, would become better. And it's because, all right, we want to be on the receiving end of this commandment. Think about it. We had rather be on the receiving end of this commandment that God gives us here. Uh, and as parents, we just want to be honored. 
right? We want someone to honor us, but this command is not so much about uh, receiving as it is the giving and extending and giving honor, okay? But we, we love to receive. We love to receive the honor, but depending upon the environment that we grew up in, all right, for some of us, this, this can be complex and this can be very difficult. We're all about the receiving, but when we start thinking about the giving piece of this, and then we think back to maybe the, the lives that we had, it, this becomes a little more difficult for us. For some of us, when we think about our, our mother and our father and, and our growing up years and, and being children, we have great memories of that. Some of you look back and, and you grew up in a very loving, you grew up in a very healthy and stable home environment, had great parents who loved and cared for you and, and, and provided for you. But honestly, the truth be known, there are some of you here today that are kind of the flip side of that coin. Right? It, it, was, it was absolutely the opposite. Maybe, you know, if you were honest, you would, you would say, you know what, I actually would like those years or some of those moments to just be erased from my memory. Right? It, it, it's something that, that, that I, I didn't enjoy, I didn't like, it was difficult. And, and so when someone tells you, or you hear this sermon, or right now you're already maybe feeling a little resistance toward what, what the direction we're going here, when someone tells you to honor your father and mother, it, it's difficult for you to hear and maybe even to consider because your mother and father didn't live in an honorable way. And, and, and so if this is a difficult one for you today, uh, I want you to listen to me just for a second before we actually go any further here. The first thing I want to say to you uh, is this. If, if you lived in a home like that that was difficult and challenging and you look back and don't have the greatest of memories about that, can I just say to you, I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry that that happened to you. I'm sorry that, that, that you had to live in that and, and through that and maybe may still be experiencing some of that today. I, I'm sorry that you grew up in a home and, and a situation that was difficult. But would you hear me this morning and listen closely? It is not your fault. It was not your fault. I talk to so many young people who are in situations that are bad and horrible situations, and so often they want to place the blame on themselves, and they carry that all through a lifetime. Can I just tell you today, it's not your fault. It was not your fault. And while I don't understand the pain and I don't understand the difficulty that some of you have faced and some of you are going through right now in that environment, here's what I do know and here's what I do understand and I want you to know today is that it, there's this. There is a God who radically loves you and wants the best for you, right? There is a God who is your heavenly father, if you've accepted him and received him as that, who radically loves you. There's a God who is everything that your father should have been if he wasn't, right? And he loves you more than you will ever know. And even in this commandment that God gives us here, don't miss this, our great God wants what is best for you. He wants what is best for you. Right? And we need to understand that. And so if you find yourself here this morning and just this topic, this subject, uh, uh, you know, you feel a little resistance, maybe even a little bit of anger, maybe a little bit of frustration uh, that you even came to church today, it's okay. 
It's all right that you feel that. But at the same time, I don't think we're necessarily off the hook just because we get frustrated by it or because it's difficult. We can't ignore it. <laughs> it's there, right? We, it just won't go away because if we don't acknowledge what God's trying to say to us here, if we don't acknowledge this command, if we don't acknowledge, you know what, uh, things weren't that great when I was a kid. Things weren't that great when I was growing up. If we don't acknowledge that, if we don't address that, more than likely what's going to happen is the cycle is going to continue to repeat itself over and over and over again. And unless we acknowledge it, we talk about it, we discuss it, we get it out there, more than likely, that's going to rear its ugly head again later at some point in your life, maybe in your own family with your own children, right? Because uh, if you were raised in a toxic environment, environment when you were a kid, you've got to understand that you may be carrying that seed. You may be, still be carrying that. And I tried to say this word this morning, and, and I, I couldn't say it, and I still can't. Toxicity? Huh? Is that even a word or did I just make one up? Because I know I can't spell it, right? But you may still be carrying, you know, that toxic seed with you. And so what we have to do is we have to put it out there and allow God to cleanse us and purify us from that. His script, the scripture is clear that he will cleanse us of any toxic things that we have in us, right? And so we got to acknowledge it, put it out there, and give it to him. If not, we may become everything that we hated about our childhood. We may become everything that we hated about our parents growing up, so we can't ignore it, and we got to give it to God. We don't have to, but we get to, right? We don't have to, but we get to do that, and it's for our own good. And so this is a, a very important commandment for all of us, whether we grew up in a great home, home or we grew up in a home that, that was challenging for us because we live in a world today. Listen, we live in a world today where there's not just a whole lot of honor being passed around, honestly. I don't know if you've noticed, if you've had your TV on or, or, or looked at social media, Facebook and all that lately. There's just not a whole lot of honor that's going around in our world and our society today. So I believe this command is as relevant for us today as it has ever been. So now that I've preached for 20 minutes, maybe we should go to our scripture. And Deuteronomy chapter 5, we're going to look at verse 16 this morning. God's word says this, honor your father and mother as the Lord your God commanded you. Then you will live a long, full life in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Now, pretty straightforward, isn't it? I mean, a pretty straightforward command here. God says, I want you to honor your father and mother. And I looked at this in a lot of translations. This is NLT. Uh, I, I looked at a lot of different translations. I, I read a lot of commentaries. I, I looked at a, 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 do, a lot of different places about this passage of Scripture. And nowhere in any of those things did I find any fine print. All right? I didn't see any exception clauses listed. <laughs> None. God doesn't say, honor your father and mother if... Your father and mother were honorable, right? He, he doesn't say that. Instead, he gives us this blanket statement of truth because why? Because he wants what's best for us. Not because he wants us to be miserable, 
Not because he wants us to relive some event. It's because he wants what is absolutely best for us in our lives and in our, in our families. So regardless of the situation that you grew up in, regardless of the family uh, you know, you're in now, he wants us to take this position. Listen, he wants us to take this position of honor. That's what he wants. He wants us to take this position of honor. And we need to understand here that God gives us all these commandments. He gives us all these guidelines for our own good so that we can enjoy and continue in the blessings that he has for us in our lives and in our families. So, what does it mean to be a person of honor? Well, he's basically saying here, my plan for you is that you would be like me, okay? That, that's what he's saying here. You know, I want you to be a dispenser of love. I, I want you to be a dispenser of grace. I want you to be a dispenser of honor and forgiveness. God's saying this, I want you to value all people the way that I value all people. All right? and, and so even though there are some people that, that do some really bad things, and we would all agree to that, there are some people that do some really bad things, and we may not value what they've done, but God still chooses to value them, to love them all, to extend grace to all, to be willing to extend forgiveness to all, and again, this is not one of those commandments where we read it and we go, you know what, oh, okay, I've done that one. I can check it off and move on. It's not that. This is a commandment just like all the others that we're supposed to live by regularly. This is a commandment that we're supposed to live by and, and follow even daily. And so I would say today, regardless of how old you are, and we've got a wide range of ages in here right now, especially with children's church people still here, but we've got, regardless of your age, we're all a child to someone, wouldn't you say? We're all a child to someone, right? And, and so none of us are exempt from living according to this principle that he, he gives us here. And even if your parents have passed on, maybe your parents have, have gone on, that doesn't mean that we still can't honor them. And, and, and so no matter what stage of life we're in, now... We're going to look at honor from three different ways this morning. Uh, honor may look very different in the life of a child, right? Honor will look a little bit different in the life of a teenager. And then I believe we'll see that honor will look different even for us as uh, adults. And honor takes on different forms during different seasons uh, of our life. So it never ends. We're never done. We can't just check it off and move on, all right? So first, what does this look like for young children growing up in a home? All right? All our kids listening this morning, give me a clap if you're listening. Kids. Oh, that was pathetic. One, two, three. All right. So everybody's clapping is listening, right? And then we're going to send you to children's church right after this. But I'm talking specifically to you, all right, and your parents at this point in time. So y'all listen closely. Here's what honor means in this passage of Scripture for kids. Honor means obey. Okay? For you kids, for children, honor means obey your father and your mother. 
In fact, I would say if we put this commandment up on the screen this morning and have some of these kids come up and say, would you explain to me what this commandment right here means that God put in the Ten Commandments? I believe they would explain it exactly like that, that God wants us to obey our parents, that he wants us to mind them and do what they say. But I want to ask some of you older ones to think back to when you were a kid. All right, for some of you, that's a long trip. But I want you to think back to, to when you were a kid. What was the hardest part of obeying your parents? What was the hardest part to doing that? Doing it, <laughs> right? I mean, is that not the hardest part? It's just the obey part. You know, I, we have trouble getting past the obey part when we're children. We have trouble getting past the obey part when we get married. You know, some people don't even put it in their wedding vows anymore. But anyway, the hardest part of obeying our parents was just doing that, was obeying them. But when, uh, you know, when it comes to, uh, you know, I lost my whole train of thought, all right? I just went blank. I, I just saw something that caught me off guard, and now I'm done. So let me get back to where I was. But, you know, when we, we knew as children what we were supposed to do. I mean, we kind of knew that what the expectations were because our parents were always telling us what we needed to be doing, you know, what to do next, at what time to get up, and all these things. We knew what we were supposed to do. Just doing it was, was you know, a struggle for, for some of us. But when it comes to children... All right, honor means obedience. And, and the reason behind it, there's not just the how here, but God also has associated and attached to this command the why. Right, so that, you know, why obey your parents? Well, let's look at it again. Well, God says here, honor your father and mother. And it says this, then you will live a long, full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Now, don't miss this. This commandment has the why attached to it, why we should do this and honor our father and mother. God says, hey, here is why I'm giving you this command. There's a benefit in it for you, right? A, a few months back, we, we did a series on some, some scriptures out of the book of Proverbs, and we saw that, that these weren't really just guarantees, but this was basically God's word and God's way of saying, you know, if you will live according to these guidelines, if you will live according to these principles, then here's going to be the results of that. You know, there, there's going to be good if you take this advice, right? And, and very similar here in, in the same way, you know, uh, because God knows like many of us know that, you know, our kids don't always make the greatest decisions, right? I mean, we know that as parents, they don't make the wisest things. I mean, it seems like a really good idea to build yourself a set of wings and get up on the roof and jump off. I mean, in theory, we should be able to fly like a bird, right? But as you get older and us as adults and us as parents, we understand the law of gravity, right? It's something our kids probably hasn't learned yet. And so we have some wisdom there. We know some things that our kids don't know. You know, if it were up to our kids, they would probably orient gummy bears and pixie sticks for every meal you know if they could have their say about what they were going to have for breakfast lunch and, and and supper every night because they don't know what's best for them they don't know what is best for their growth they don't know what's best for their health and so you know god is giving this this idea here that if we will honor obey our parents then our lives will be better there's potential there for having healthier longer longer lives and and if our children will obey us 
then there's this idea here, basically common sense, that things will be better for you, right? And, and so we give our kids all kinds of instructions in life, don't we? Uh, not just about food, not just about, you know, don't jump off the house. There's a commercial on TV right now that I absolutely love. It reminds me of when I was a kid, and it's different shots of these kids that are trying to sneak things out of the house, and the parents would say, you can't take that, right? You know, because they see them walking out with a fire extinguisher or a set of skis or, you know, all these things. And, and, and so we're always giving our kids a lot of instructions, and so, you know, we talk to them about how to treat people. We talk to them about how, how to forgive people, how to be responsible. We start trying to teach them at a very young age how to appreciate the things that they have and, and how to manage money and all these things. And why do we do that? I mean, we're constantly giving them instruction and advice. Why are we doing that? Well, because we're trying to shape them, right, into the person that, that they need to be. Right? We're, we're trying to, to shape them into being better human beings. Why? So that they'll have a better life. They'll have a, a long, full, and healthy life. And so we want them to honor us and obey us. Listen now. We want our kids to honor us and obey us not for our sake, but for their sake that they obey us. So as a kid, as a child, it's really all about learning how to live under God-given authority, okay? And, and if we learn that as a kid, it will help us in, in the future. Now, if our kids don't learn how to live under that type of, of loving authority in our homes, then, then it can have consequences in every area of their life as they grow up and mature and become adults. And if we don't learn to live under God-given authority as a kid... As we mature, we may have lots of troubles uh, living under the greatest authority in the universe, and that's God's uh, authority as we get older. And so God says, I want you to honor and obey your parents because there is so much at stake, all right? Your future is at stake. All of this is put in place so that you will have a better life in the future. But, uh, and then, uh, so for kids, this command that says honor your father and mother simply means do what they say because it's in your best interest. It's not because they want to be your boss, right? It's not because they want to be mean. It's not because they want you to be miserable. It's because they see the big picture they have wisdom that you don't have. And so God says, I'm giving your parents authority to tell you what to do. And so basically he's saying to the children, obey your parents. Can y'all do that? Give me a clap. All right. Well, y'all can go to children's church now and I'm going to talk to the teenagers. I didn't do this in the first service, just so you know. And every parent came up to me and said, I wish my kids would have been in here for that. So I said, well, we can make that work. We're blessed that God has given us an authority to be able to sh help shape their lives. You know what? Now if those little knotheads would just listen. So honor means to be obedient when you're a kid. But as you grow on, older, it takes on different forms. 
So what does honor mean when we become a teenager or a young adult? Well, as a teen, honor means, I believe this, respect your father and your mother. And as someone who was a youth pastor for over 15 years, also a dad to two of those knothead teenagers, and I survived, lived through it, uh, here's what I've learned about teenagers through all those years of being with them and hanging out with them and being able to minister to them and raise them. It's in those teenage years that they start pulling away from the parents, right? And, and you know, it, it, part of that is necessary. You know, part, part of it's necessary. Part of that is needed. It's, it's part of the natural rhythm of life for them to grow up and to begin to become more independent uh, in their lives. It's a time where they need to start shaping their own identity and who they are and, and who they're going to become. And, and it's a time to where they start making some decisions and, and learning to make good decisions and, and hopefully make uh, wise decisions and learning and understanding what the consequences are uh, when you don't do that. And so there's this point of they are needing to become independent so they can do all these things. But we know they're not quite there yet, right? I mean, I have said for years and years and years that teenagers are brain damaged, right? They don't even have a full brain. It doesn't fully develop until... Well, my kids are 22, so I'm, I'm guessing it comes around 24. I don't, I don't know. But, but anyway, uh, you know, it, it, it's, they're not quite there yet. They're not, quite, they're not fully prepared to be independent. Uh, they're not ready for what the world is going to throw at them. They're not ready for what they're about to face as adults in this world. So what's taking place here during those teenage years, and, and those of you that have been through it, you know, you, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. There is this push and a pull, right? There's a tension that takes place during those years, a little bit of give and, and a little bit of take that happens during this season of life uh, called the teenage years. And, and as a, a parent, you're making this huge transition from your children basically suffocating you and being totally dependent on you, right? Mama, 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 right? You're going from that to this season of life now to where they don't want to have anything to do with you because you're now all of a sudden dumb as a rock, <laughs> right? And, and so there's this craziness, this tension that, that takes place there. It's a tough season of life. And sadly, this season of life is so often characterized with disrespect. And, and you know, so if you're a teenager that's here today or, or, or maybe a young adult that's here today, I, I want to speak very clearly to you this morning because I believe God has some very specific instruction for us when it comes to honoring your father and your mother and that deals with this issue of respecting them. All right, and God actually uh, says it this, this way in a different part of the Bible. If you look over in the book of Leviticus, chapter 19 and verse 3, God says this, each of you must show great what? Great respect for your mother and father. 
Now, it's a different way he says it here, but the Bible is very clear that this is a phase of life where it's very important to respect your mother and your father. And, and young people, I want you to listen to me this morning. You know, I know you don't always agree with your parents. All right? I understand that. I get that. You may hardly ever agree with, with your parents. You know what? But don't miss this. You don't have to agree with them to respect them. Okay? You don't have to agree with your parents in order to respect your parents. You don't have to see eye to eye with them on everything in order to respect them. But here's the sad thing is, we live in a world today that's teaching our kids that it's perfectly normal and okay to disrespect other individuals. And we've got that to overcome in the church. Uh, because, you know, we see it on TV. We, we see it everywhere. If I disagree with you, then I'm supposed to disrespect you. We see it on TV. We see it on social media. Sadly, we see this with our politicians. When they don't disagree, they show disrespect. And I'm going to tell you this morning, and I'll be very clear, that is not God's way. It's not God's way, and it's not God's will. Right? God's way says, I may disagree, but I will still respect you. I may disagree with you, but I will still show you have value. Right? We, we may not see eye to eye, but we will still honor. And, and it's this idea that if there's a, a, a person in the command structure, right, that, that outranks me, you know, then, then I'm, I'm going to honor them. There is a, uh, for those of you that have been in the military, this will kind of hit home with some of you because this was ingrained in you from day one uh, of going in the military. There was this idea that, that was tied to everything that you did and it was respect the rank. All right, wasn't that part of the, the code? I mean, respect the rank. In everything that you did, respect the rank. And it's this idea that there, if there is a person that is in command that outranks you, that whatever that person tells you to do, you do it. If that person outranks you and they tell you to do something, you do it because you respect the rank, right? And, and you may not like it, you may not agree with it. You may not even like the person that's given you the command, but it doesn't matter. You respect the rank. So why did the military think that it was so important to make this a critical part of how they operate and how they do things? Well, they understood this principle. They understood that in a situation of chaos or a situation of disagreement, you just can't have rogue people going off, you know, and doing their own thing. There's too much at stake, right? And, and so it doesn't matter if you agree. It doesn't matter if you think it makes sense. It doesn't matter if you even like them. You respect the rank. So what is God's rank? Well, the way authority is laid out in a biblical way is that God is the highest ranking authority, right? I mean, he is the authority. He outranks everything and everybody else. And, and then here's the cool thing or dangerous thing or scary thing is that God promotes us when we have children 
he, he gives parents an extension of this authority here on earth. He gives us a higher rank. And so as children, as teenagers, right, we operate under that God-given authority. We respect the rank, all right? It, it doesn't matter. Teenagers, I'm talking to you. Everybody hear me? One, two, three. One, two, three. None of you are listening. You're all sitting here going, I hate this. This is horrible for me and my family. But listen, God has given your parents the authority, the rank, right? You may not always agree. You may not always like it. You, you know, it doesn't matter if you disagree with the curfew, honestly. Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're told not to go somewhere that you really, really, really want to go when all the rest of your friends are going to go. It doesn't matter, right, if you're told something that you adamantly disagree with and don't like. You don't have to agree to honor your parents. You don't have to agree. You just respect the rank because God has put a structure in place to where your parents outrank you in anything and everything. Respect the rank. So for kids, honor means obedience. For teenagers, I believe that honor means respect. But what about the rest of us? What about, and the teens are like, can we leave now? <laughs> you know, no. Because you're about to be adults, and you need to hear this next part, too. Well, what about us as adults? Well, uh, you know, what happens when we outgrow this season where we're not really under the authority uh, of our parents any longer? What, what does that look like? Well, like I said earlier, I, I don't think we ever graduate from this command, okay? So what does this command look like? For us as adults, well, I think as adults, this commandment means this, that we appreciate and provide for our fathers and our mothers. And, and you know, with different seasons of life come different opportunities. I'm getting a lot of conversation on this one. We've got the old people in this service. Nobody said a word in that early service, but... But you know, with different seasons of life come different opportunities. With different seasons of life come different challenges, uh, different demands. And today, if your parents are still alive, I would encourage you just to really kind of focus on this for a minute. Uh, to take this step with your parents and ask yourself this question, how can I best honor my father and my mother right now? Because, you know, there, there's coming a time, probably not too soon and in the future, that they won't be here to honor in the ways that you can honor them now. Okay? And so maybe it's even a question that you would go to them and ask, and maybe you'd pick up the phone and call, or maybe in your next conversation or the next time you see them, just ask them, what, what could I do to show you honor? And it might blow your mind the response that you would get to that. But I would encourage you uh, to do it. And, and, and so, you know, when we're older, we show honor to our parents. How, how do we do that? Well, I believe we, we show honor to them the same way that they showed it to us when we were little bitty. And it's with our T-I-M-E, time. And, and I don't know about 
for you, but for me, this is a huge challenge because I seem to think I don't have enough of that. Uh, David Bradley reminded me this morning that I have the same amount that everybody else has, <laughs> you know, 24 hours. Uh, it just all depends on how you use it. But, you know, it's easy for me to go, you know, my parents know that I love them. My parents know that I appreciate them. My parents know that if they need something, all they got to do is call. My mother's quick to remind me that that phone works both ways, <laughs> you know, and so I, I've really, you know, been convicted by this uh, recently because I really believe that one of the greatest ways that we can honor our fathers and our mothers is by giving them time. Uh, another way to honor our parents uh, as adults is by simply showing them appreciation, uh, to express gratitude, to say thank you uh, for the things that they did and poured into our lives. And you know, uh, now would be a great time to do that if they're still alive because they're actually not going to hear those nice things that are said about them at their funeral, at the memorial service. And I always think, you know, it's, it's such a shame, especially when I, I hear one of the children or grandchildren get up and, and share just this heartfelt outpouring of how much a person meant to them in their life. And I think, you know, they probably never told them that. And so I think one way of showing honor is by simply doing that, sharing appreciation uh, for what they've done to say thank you for the things that we may have always taken for granted. And, and like we talked about earlier, that appreciation will come easier for some of us than others, right? It, it will because, you know, some of us had awesome parents and good families, and there's a lot to be thankful for. There's a lot that was invested uh, into us. But for some, this may be more difficult to find things that we're thankful for and that we can be appreciative of. But I, I would say that we could all find something, right? That we could all find something that we could express gratitude for if it's nothing more than simply saying, you know, thank you for always providing a roof over my head. I just believe that we can find at least something good to be thankful for and gracious for. Another thing I believe we can do to honor our parents is to take what they poured into us and build on that and pour that into other people. Pour that into our own children. Pour that into other people. And, and whether your parents are still alive or not, and I understand a lot of your parents are, are, are no longer here, but whether they're alive or not, you know, this is still something that you can do. Honoring them by extending their legacy, right? Honor them by honoring the things that they did that made an impression on others. You know, were our parents perfect? No, none of them. Let's just put it out there, right? None of us had perfect parents. There was only one perfect person that walked on the face of the earth, and I believe he was only perfect because he never had teenagers. <laughs> but I'm kidding. That was a joke for those of you that are offended, and we'll send an email. <clears throat> there was only one perfect one. Our parents weren't perfect. I remember when Lynette and I brought our, our twins home from the hospital, we were like, those people are absolutely insane to send two babies home with us because we don't have a clue, <laughs> right? And for you kids that look at your parents and go, they don't have a clue, you're right. We don't. We had no formal training. 
There's no book that's right, <laughs> right? And, and so none of our parents were perfect, but we can still take, you know, the good, what they did get right, and, 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 and what they poured into us that, that was good, and we can build on that, and, and we can pour that in to, to others. That, that's a way to honor them. That's a way to honor our, our father and mother. I also think that honor is not so much about appreciation as it is provision. And, and here's why I say that, because a, a lot of Bible scholars say that this commandment was actually addressed more toward adults who had aging parents than it actually was children. A lot of scholars believe that because if you remember, these commands were given to the Israelites during a time when they were doing what? They were wandering around in the wilderness, right? They were just wandering. They were just traveling. And so what's happening while all this is going on? Well, those who were aging, they were having trouble, trouble keeping up. They were having trouble traveling. They were having trouble providing for themselves because they were becoming elderly, and those who were older were beginning to have health issues. They were having hips replaced and knees replaced. You know, all these things. I don't think they did that back then. But you can't pick up what I'm saying here. Right? They had all these issues going on because they were getting older. And, and, and what was happening was a lot of those elderly people were being forgotten. And they were being left behind. And so some scholars believe that this command actually made the, the top ten of commands from God because God is saying, listen, that is not my way. That is not my way. That, that those people who once took care of you, I'm commanding you now to take care of them, to show them honor, to show them value, to show them the respect that they have earned and that they deserve. And God's saying, this is how you honor them. That's honor. And, and for some of us, one of the greatest things that we can do to honor our father and mother is to care for our parents all the way until the end of their journey uh, of life. And yes, sometimes this may be a, a, a monetary uh, sacrifice. This may be a monetary or a financial uh, uh, a burden to us. But most of the time, this provision is simply our presence. Our presence there in their lives. And, and we live in a world, and if we're not careful, we will take those who are elderly and not able to keep up and not able to uh, contribute as much to the program as they used to. And if we're not careful as a society today, we're going to take the elderly and push them aside. But I believe that God is saying to us, never forget those who took care of you. Because that responsibility comes full circle. It comes full circle as we now care for them. And I'm going to just tell you, I saw this modeled for me as I watched my own parents walk with so much mercy and grace as their parents grew older and needed so much more time and attention and love and mercy in grace. It takes a lot of grace. It takes a lot of time. But God commanded us all, 
every single one of us, no exceptions, no exemptions, God commands us all to honor our father and mother all the way through. All the way to the end. Kids, obey your father and mother. Teenagers, respect your father and mother. Adults, appreciate and provide and honor your father and mother's legacy. And when you do, you're not only honoring your parents, right? When you do this, you're, you're not just honoring uh, your parents from an earthly sense, but you're honoring your father in heaven. You don't have to. You get to. Let me pray for us. God, we just want you to know uh, today how grateful we are for you. How grateful we are for this love and this mercy and this grace that we've sang about and talked about today. This transforming and cleansing and purifying power that can only come through a relationship with you. God, we want to thank you today for being the perfect father, <laughs> the perfect savior. Thank you for your radical and your unconditional love for every single one of us. None of us are exempt. We're all valuable to you. You created us and you chose us to be your children. And God, I understand that for some of us, this message, this command uh, is easier for some today than for others when we think about how to honor our fathers and our mothers. And, and the truth is for some here today, this is, this is real difficult. But God, I just pray today that as we choose to be obedient to you, to be obedient to this command, that, God, you would move in our own heart, that you would move in our own lives. And more than anything today, God, would you make us more like you as we do our best to bring you the honor that you deserve. You deserve the honor. You deserve the glory. You deserve our obedience. We love you so much. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.